hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Center Point Podcast. My name's Billy. And I'm Lowell. And we're so thankful that you've joined us here this morning, uh, well, or afternoon, or evening, or whenever you're listening to the podcast, and uh, being a part of our life because we want to be a part of your life. We're hoping to jump into God's Word and see what He has to say to us and how we can apply it to our lives. That's right. Going to continue our little series on the foundation of our faith. We're looking back at Genesis and we've spent, what, four or five weeks on this, and we're now up to Genesis 4 slash 5, which looks back at our history. So what are some things that we've talked about previously? Well, we, of course, we've talked about creation mm-hmm. and um, just the, the, the historical nature of Genesis 1 through 11. We also focused on um, the first sin, the yeah. fall of man, and then uh, we went from there to the first murder. Yeah, and that that evolved from that first sin, the the evolve, the uh, evolution rather of something so small as the first sin to how it it uh, it was like a cancer. It grew yeah. and got so much worse. I think we said the cascading effect That's, of sin. I could not think of it. I could tell you were effect. looking for it. I, was I could tell. Trying to reach out there in the world, trying to, in my mind, <laughs> you know, reaching the quagmires of my mind to find that. What's well, neat to look back at history. Oh, yeah. You know what? Today we're recording on December 11th, whenever you're listening to this, this just happens to be the day we're recording, and um, 1941, today's the day that the United States voted unanimously to go to war against Japan, excuse me, against Germany and Italy. Mm. And uh, Pearl Harbor Day was December 7th. Right. So a few days later... War yes. was declared with Germany. Yes, and uh, soon after, uh, war with all the the Axis, uh, the Axis um, forces. Mm-hmm. forces. That's right. Yeah. But, so, uh, so we're looking back at not the history of World War II, but we're looking back at the history of mankind. Now, we need to understand that the Book of Genesis reflects history, but it's not like it's a history textbook. So not every single detail is shared in Genesis 1 through 11. Right. And it it didn't need to be. It doesn't need to be what it's a focus on really ultimately on God. But uh, we can glean things from from Scripture that will get that have historical significance, but it's not. A history book in and of itself. Right. Now, we're not questioning the truthfulness or the reliability of the integrity of Genesis 1 through 11. I think every word written, doesn't matter what I think, the Bible declares that it is inspired of God. Yes. And so, therefore, it is truth. Yes. So, every word is truth. But um, but what we're, we're going to look today at, at some passages that don't always grab people's attention. They're genealogies. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Genealogy. When I think of a genealogy, I think of a family reunion, which you might enjoy those. But when I was ten years old, I certainly did not. <laughs> and we would we would go to a family reunion, the Armand Trout family reunion. That was my grandmother's maiden name, and her brother. Um, he was into. We're talking like mid seventies, okay? And he was majorly into genealogy. So I'm not talking ancestry.com yeah, or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. You know, okay. recently, you know, everyone you spit into a tube and you send it away, and they yeah. come back and tell you what your DNA thing, yeah. you know, where you're from. This guy is long before that, mm-hmm. but he had these notebooks, and we would. My parents would make me sit down. I'm ten years old. Oh. I want to be out fishing and running. Tons of and fun. Playing. Tons oh, of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we would look at all of this genealogy. And oh, 
torturous. <laughs> but I knew at the end there was ice cream, so I would I'd press through. Yeah. So today we're going to look at Genesis 4 and 5, um, where there are two sets of genealogies shared. Mm-hmm. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 17 through 25, um, 26, that is, um, through the end of the chapter, mm-hmm. we have the genealogy of Cain. So remember, Cain killed his brother Abel, mm-hmm. and then God sends him out to be a wanderer, mm-hmm. to to go out into the away from the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. and he was gonna he was gonna live there and and wander around. Yeah, and if you missed if you missed our discussion of that, you know, it's just on the previous podcast. But uh, some some good good information, some good uh, research that we did, and how. Scripture comes it's alive. Challenging. Scripture comes alive when you read it. Yeah, you know that that was a challenge for me. Is that the more you dive into passages, the more the Lord reveals things to you. Mm-hmm. And then we're also going to look at Genesis chapter five, which this is identified as the book of the generations of Adam. So now we have the genealogy or the ancestry of Adam. It's interesting that it's not Seth. Okay, mm-hmm. who's Seth? Well, Seth is the third son mm-hmm. of Adam, but it's identified as the generation of Adam. That's significant. So we have the 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 ancestry of Cain versus the ancestry of Adam. Well, you're referencing two passages: mm-hmm. Genesis four seventeen to twenty six. And really Genesis, all of Genesis 5, yeah, we'll say yeah. Gen- 1 to 32, but all of Genesis 5. I think it'd be good for uh, you, if you're listening, to take a moment, and if you don't have uh, the Bible on your phone, you can download a version app, you can download, there's tons of apps for it, or if you have a physical Bible with you, I think it'd be good to take a moment and read Genesis 4, 17 to 26, and then read Genesis 5, one to thirty-two, and press through. Like there, it. Yeah, yeah I, you're going to you, read it and be like, "Oh, what are they having me read?" You're going to think you're a ten-year-old at a family reunion <laughs> looking at <your> books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, yeah. but press through because we're going to make some really interesting observations here in just a minute. Yeah, so we'll be back in a minute and uh, to be able to discuss uh, the 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 similarities and also the differences of those two passages. So press pause now. All right, so you were able to read Genesis 4 and 5. Great job. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things that strikes me about Genesis chapter 4, 17 to 26, is these guys sound pretty awesome. Yeah, they do. I mean, they really do. They really do. Yeah. You know, you got Cain, Enoch, Lamech. Um, and uh, some other people were there that, whose names are hard to pronounce. Um, <laughs> Mahujalah and Mahujal Mahu- and Mothoshal <laughs> and, and Lamech and yeah. Zila. And don't let, those, don't let those names, we've talked about this before, don't let it intimidate you. We don't mm-hmm. really know how those were pronounced. Just make your best stab at it. Right. You know? so, but here's the thing about them. Look at the things that they did. They, Cain goes, which by the way, he was told to be a wanderer, remember? Yeah. He goes and builds a city. Mm-hmm. His rebellion continues. Mm. God says, you go wander, he builds a city. Mm. So we have builders. Okay, what else do we have? Well, uh, we have people that uh, that are definitely musically minded. Yeah. There's a guy named Jubal mm-hmm. in verse 21. He says he's the father of all such as handle the harp and pipe. So that's pretty cool. A Musicians. famous musician. Artist. Yeah. We've got this guy... Um, Tubal Cain, who was a forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. So he's a metal worker. 
You know he's a beast. Big old forearms and stuff. <laughs> clang, Big hairy clang, forearms. Clang. <laughs> Walking around. Popeye forearms. It's probably where Popeye gets his forearms from. Uh, well, I mean, and then we got one more guy who was the father. This is, um, let's see, Jabel, who was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. Now, this is different than Abel. Abel was a keeper of flocks. This word here, having livestock, is definitely a larger, it's a large scale farm. This is a rancher. Mm-hmm. Okay, so look what we have here. We got builders. We got these metal workers. We got ranchers. We got musicians. Yeah. These are the superstars of the world. Yeah, these pe- I mean, it really all-encompassing. These people are accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. These are the rich and the famous. Mm-hmm. Okay? Robin Leach. <laughs> people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I, 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 dating myself there. You know. And listen, not only that, we also have some people who are... Um, who not not the nicest guys in the world? I'm not, not saying any of those guys were nice, but they were definitely successful. But we got a guy named Lamech. Mm-hmm. He says to his wives, Adol and Zilla, "Hear my voice, you wives of Lamech. Listen to what I say." You know, when somebody refers to themselves by their own name, <laughs> I'm thinking of somebody in particular who does that a lot yeah, right yeah. now. But anyway, so you wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, what's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about the the death of of Abel. Yeah, and God God going to bring vengeance sevenfold. Mm -hmm. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lemex is 77fold. So he's saying, I'm more powerful than God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what we have here is, this is the first evidence, first example of polygamy. He's got two wives. This was not God's plan. God's plan was one man, one woman for life. Mm-hmm. We've got a murderer, boaster, and a rebel against God. Mm-hmm. So these people, they were the rich and the powerful and all that. Robin Leach. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they were also the people that were ruling over others. Mm-hmm. We've, got, we've got destruction and damage and, and domination of other people. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it'd be great because they're building things and they're having cities and they, they got tents, they got cattle, they got all this stuff, have, have music and all these things. But looking at Lamech, you know, he's a pretty bad dude. He was. He was. This Lamech. We'll look at another Lamech in just a minute. That's a good point. There, yeah. there. We'll, we'll have to take a look at these two Lamechs yeah. in a minute. So then in verse 25 in chapter 4, it says, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and called his name Seth. The, just one observation I want to make here. This does not mean that verse 25 happened after everything that happened in in uh, pr- prior to that. So mm-hmm. it's not like all these people were born, and then Adam had Seth. Okay? Right, right. So... The, it, Adam had it's, Seth. It, it's a little bit like uh, Genesis three, uh, you know. The, yeah. You can slide that into yes. uh, in between a couple of verses in Genesis two, right? Um, so it, again, it's not, not as if the Bible is written to be one hundred percent chronologically, right. One verse after the other, we see things the way it's written is that it might have something a wider span, and then like the next chapter might be slid into yeah. in between a couple of verses, maybe in the previous chapters. In our in our vernacular, in verse number twenty five, you might you might be better off to think of it this way. Meanwhile, 
Adam knew his wife okay. again. That's a good. And she good bore addition. a son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's so now we go into the line of Adam through Seth. And you've already read it, I know, but one of the things that strikes me that's very different in chapter 5 and what we just saw about Cain is, well, first of all, ages are given. Yeah, that is unique. Yeah. None, none were given none. In, in the previous chapter. Nobody's age was given, okay? Not, neither was the death of anyone mentioned in the, the, the ancestry of Cain. They he, didn't want to. They didn't want to. I guess they didn't want to talk about that as being like a negative for them. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It just, but it's an observation. You know, for each one of these examples, each one of these people that are given in Genesis chapter five, the the age of the father is given. Then the years after the fa- after they fathered, how many years they lived after that, mm-hmm. and then the age of their death. I mean, for instance, look at verse number twenty one. When Enoch had lived sixty five years. He fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted to choose that one because Enoch is pretty, it's a pretty awesome example. Okay, it's the first rapture. He was taken, snatched mm-hmm. away to be with God. He's referenced in, in the New Testament. But I just wanted to point out this pattern for all of these generations. Age, when father, years after fathering, and then and age then, of death. And then death. Mm-hmm. And none of that is shared with Cain's descendants. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It is really interesting, and the pattern uh, continues. You know, you can if you have Genesis five in front of you, um, you see that it that every uh, every few verses that's the exact same thing, continual, mm-hmm. continual, continual. It's a little bit different than Genesis four. Genesis five, it doesn't mention what anybody did. Right, we don't know no accomplishments. Yeah, yeah. Were they metal workers? Were they farmers? Were they ranchers? Were they musicians? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a little bit of an offshoot uh, of of our discussion, but I've heard that that you can take these years and add them all together and minus it and do all these things and come up to the point where Adam he dies and the first descendant of him to not know him was Noah. Mm. And uh, you know um, there are people that have done tons of research on that and stuff yeah. and. and yep. So, what and do you so to think? be clear, what you're saying is that Noah's father, according to what you're laying out here, right. Adam's Adam, father, I'm e- sorry, Noah's father, yeah, Enoch, yeah, would have Wait, potentially sorry. known right. Adam. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. He could have. Now, you have to understand one thing, several things about that. First of all, there have been those that, there have been mathematicians, Christian mathematicians who have done, I mean, it doesn't take a huge mathematician to do this, but you could do it, you could do it on your own, who have looked at the number of children that would have been born, and it's conceivable there could have been a billion people on earth by the time mm-hmm. Noah mm-hmm. was was alive. Which is pretty uh, eye-opening, Yeah, because often we think there were just a few people. Yeah, there's like 10 or 12 were, people running around. Yeah, no. there's 300 people yeah. in the, you know, that's right. not true. So what you're saying is, yeah, could Noah's father, who's, what's his name? His name's not Enoch, it's Lamech. Okay. That was, I yeah, made a bad. That's okay. That was my fault. So Noah's father, Lamech, would have been alive at the same time as Adam. Let's say it that way. Right. With a billion people on earth, I'm not sure they would have been 
buddies. Mm-hmm. But you never know. They might have been at the Arm and Trout reunion together. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Another thought on this is. There's a guy named, um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Usher. Mm-hmm. And isn't there a musician named Usher? Yes. Not to be confused with the Usher musician. <laughs> this is the uh, uh, Usher historian. Yeah. He's a biblical historian. And he computed that Adam would, that creation would have occurred in the year 4004 BC. Now, let's talk about that just briefly. Okay. I think there's a bit of a danger here. Because that's assuming some things about this genealogy. That's assuming that every single generation is listed. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that I think that it isn't. But I'm just warning against just landing at too much of a dogmatic position. And the reason why I warn against that is we know the genealogy given in in the Gospel of Matthew we know that it skips over generations. Right. Well, I guess you'd have to uh, understand what the word begat is. Yeah. The yes. word begat, because we don't use we don't use that in no. common vernacular no. present day. So we have to. Uh, yeah. And, it'd and be begat, good to define that and yeah. figure out if if it literally meant dad to son. Uh, because and what it, you're referencing, Matthew, right. there's there's some gaps there. there. Matthew chapter 1, verse number 8, skips over three generations and says, so-and-so begat so-and-so. And right. it skips over three different people, mm-hmm. according to Second Kings. So the word begat can mean, that it means to, to continue a line culminating in another person. So, for instance, my name is Lowell, my father's name is Lowell, his, name is, his father's name is Paul, his father's name is Granville. It would be correct, um, using the terminology of begat, begat, to say Granville begat low E. That's me. Mm-hmm. It would That would be correct. Right. Even though he's not my father. Mm-hmm. He's my great-great-grandfather. Okay? Right. So... Now, it could mean... Could it mean? It could mean... What's your, what's your dad's middle name? Uh, low Thaddeus. Low T. Yes. Begat low E. That That's is true. true. Yes. That's true. But Granville yes. begat low E can also be true. Yes. So we don't know for certain that every single generation is given in Genesis chapter Mm 5. Now, I'll tell you, I believe it is. Okay? Mm -hmm. I believe it is. And the reason, I don't just make that up because I want it to be true, but this this genealogy is different than Matthew's genealogy in that it gives actual years of age. Mm -hmm. So we're, I mean, this guy, Usher, he tried to estimate it 4004 BC is when Earth was created. So that might not be accurate, but we could say uh, comfortably, you know, between four and 10,000 years A lot of people will say that, four to 10,000 years. So that- eliminates millions and millions billions and yeah, billions it eliminates it, it. yes it does yes mm-hmm. it does well it's good to take create observations just by looking at a couple different passages and we're maybe we might have gone in a little interpretation or application there but it's good to observe what's going on in the passage so that we can understand how to interpret it properly and apply it to our lives let's take a break and let's zero in on Lamech and Lamech uh, from each chapter and do a compare and contrast to them and see how that, how we can apply that to ourselves. So uh, we'll be right back. Uh, stay tuned and uh, we'll hit Lamech and Lamech in the genealogies. Mm-hmm. 
Centerpoint Bible Church exists to point others to Jesus Christ in His Word, and we want to encourage you to come out and visit us sometime. We're presently meeting at Faith Christian Academy. Our service is at 9.30, and our focus hour starts at 11 o'clock. You can get information on our website at centerpointwv.org. Thanks for listening, and we pray that you would seek after Jesus. Thanks for uh, staying tuned with us and listening to us uh, chat about Genesis 4 and Genesis 5. Again, my name's Billy. I'm Lowell. And uh, we're just here opening up God's Word, trying to glean some wisdom from it to apply to our lives. And we're hoping that you can do the same from listening to us. So uh, as we continue in Genesis 4 and Genesis 5, it's interesting to see the compare and contrast yeah, yeah, of, sure uh, of these two genealogies, which could be boring, but if you jump into it just a little bit, it really becomes exciting. Well, it's all inspired mm-hmm. and useful for teaching and rebuking and correction and training and righteousness, it's right? Like, it's like you uh, you read that somewhere in Second <laughs> Timothy 3, maybe. You know, if you compare these two groups of, of people, um, I'll just say this. If you were picking a team, you were going to put together a team of people and yeah. you and just, just going to choose which team's going to be the winner... You're picking from Genesis 4. Oh, man, because you see their accomplishments and stuff. You see what they do. You know, it wouldn't be, well, in real life, it would be, I would probably be on the the non-picky. Remember, remember kickball at elementary school? I really do. (laughs) And I was young, one of the youngest in my class. Me too. And therefore, one of the smaller ones. Me too. And so... um, you know, you're just hoping in that line. Oh, you're you gonna, don't want to be last. You know, the last guy where they're saying, oh, all right, I'll yeah. take Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the last two when you can have him. You know. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you know. But you so. know what? It shows us the truth that God uses the weak things of the world. Yeah. That's First Corinthians 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both are admitting that that we're pretty weak. Mm-hmm. And there have been some times I've seen God use you. Once or twice, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You, know? you know, the Lord uses us. And the Lord uses you, and thankfully uses many people at Centerpoint Bible Church. Yeah, even weak people. Yeah. You know, and so when you compare Genesis 4 and Genesis chapter 5, it is evident that Genesis chapter 4 are the powerful people of that culture, but God used the people of Genesis chapter 5 to usher in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a it's really an amazing um, picture of of how men people evaluate and judge others where God has a whole different system. Yeah. I mean, for instance, you got these two guys named Lamech. There's a Lamech in four, and there's a Lamech in five, and they are very very different. We already read the passage about Lamech. He's the guy that bragged about. Uh, his vengeance and his multiple mm. wives and how someone he looked was... at me wrong and I took him out. Yeah, yeah, big tough guy. Um, there's another Lamech though, and that is in verse number 28 through the end of chapter five. You got that mm. for us, Billy? You can just take a minute and read that one. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, "Out of the ground the Lord is cursed." This one shall bring us relief, rest from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Lamech lived after he fathered Noah 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. And as you said earlier, there's the possibility he would have been on the earth 
at the same time as Adam. Mm-hmm. So before Adam died, Lamech had been born. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to think yeah. about. And and after, well, if we if we take that that uh, that structure, then Noah was the first one born that was not did not have the opportunity to meet Adam. Yes, which is unique in itself. It is. So the thing about Lamech that you see is he's dependent upon the very promise of God that he had made all the way back in Genesis chapter three. Yeah, yeah. when God had promised that he would bring one to 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 deal with this issue of the serpent who had deceived Eve and had caused, well, been there when Adam sinned. And out of the ground, the Lord has cursed. When Lamech named his son Noah, he had this in mind. He's Hmm. processing this. So this doesn't mean he didn't get like a baby book, you know, and go to the name Noah. Ah, that'll work. Mm -hmm. No, he's contemplating what he's waiting for, what he's trusting in, the promise he's believing in. He's living in the world that's been cursed by sin. He even had Adam potentially, if, if we, the way, depending on how we interpret these years, but I believe Adam was on the earth the same time as him. He's very familiar with the curse that God had placed on Adam, and he's looking for relief. Mm-hmm. Not relief from work like I'm going to be lazy and retire. Not that retirement is lazy, by the way. But I'm just saying, you know, not not that he not he says he, he's not saying relief from work. We can put our feet up and drink, you know, iced tea. But he's saying work has been cursed. And because of this one, this child that you've given me and the promise of what you've made, God, there's coming relief. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so different than the other Lamech. Yeah, it is. It truly is. The other Lamech was all about, remember, he was about polygamy. Yeah, he's the first one first one yeah. to establish polygamy, he having mur- two wives. Murder, okay? He's yeah. talking about murdering somebody. And he wasn't He wasn't humble about it. He's proud about that fact. That's right. And I, I can't figure out if he just if he just murdered one or if he murdered two. Yeah, right. You know? But there's- He's a know, murderer. He's a murderer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's boastful and, re- and is rebellious against God. Mm-hmm. That he, He's, he's going to do better than- even God did, right. you know. So that's the that's the difference in these two. What if I look at when I look at chapter four, what I'm what I see is the ancestry or the descendants of Cain show man's plan and purpose played out. A, a godless man, mm-hmm. godless mankind, man without God, living out his plan, his purpose, his progress. It's like. Cain's descendants decide, I'm going to build the most successful world for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build cities. I'm going to, I'm going to make music. I'm going to, I'm going to metal work. I'm going to ranch. I'm going to, it's, it's, it's secularism. It's, I live for now. Right. It's, I live for the things that I, it's hedonism. It's, mm-hmm. it's pleasure. It's what can I gather? It's materialism. It's naturalism. It's, it's this anti-God mentality that, that I just live for now. Right. Pride and self, yeah. you know, pride and self to lift themselves up, yep. establish, you know, even in this boasting of their accomplishments. And it's things lust that they of are. the flesh, pride of the eye, pride of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's first John. Mm-hmm. It is the essence of sin. But when you look, when you look at that and then you. You contrast Lamech in chapter four, what we're saying, in Lamech in chapter five, he is more, it seems as if he is resting on God's promises, having faith in in God's plan, and we find it in just those few verses, mm-hmm. 
but he's ch- trying to establish a family line, not for himself or his own pursuits, but a family line that is that is with their eyes toward God. That's right. There. So, what happens with the with the generations of Adam? Is rather than being about man's plan and purpose, it's about God's plan and purpose. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether rather than being about man's progress, it's about God's glory. Rather than it being about building a successful world for me, it's about building, like you just said, a, a family line for God, mm-hmm. a physical family line. It's their sons and daughters, a spiritual line. Mm-hmm. We're not suggesting, by the way, that every single child born in that family line were followers of God. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, when you get to Noah, how many followers of God are there? Uh, there are Noah. <laughs> and his family. <laughs> and, his, his, and, his, and his three boys. And their wives. And their wives. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so we're not suggesting... Eight people out of potentially a billion. Yeah. We're not suggesting that all of these people were, you know choir boys and choir girls, you right. know, they're not all walking around, you know, quoting scripture and that kind of thing. But the the leaders of this generation, you know, the 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 family leaders, mm-hmm. the fathers and the grandfathers and the the mothers and the grandmothers, they're calling their their progeny, the ones that are coming after them, they're calling them to the promise of God. Yeah, you know, that to get a get to get real and in in to put it into everyday practice, hey, if you're listening, it's tough sometimes when you get the reality of this world beating down on you and you see what the Joneses have That's or exactly you, get, right. you get confused or everything gets convoluted and mixed up together. And it's hard to, to, to take the two sides and separate them because everyone says, you know, have a bunch of money in the bank. Make sure you have retirement. Which these things aren't bad. There's nothing wrong nothing with these things. Bad. You know, make sure your kid is is number one, and make sure you know all this stuff. And and the the world's the world's standard, the world's gets, system, the world's system, the world's the world's view gets squished on us. And for me, I know when I turn my eyes to that. In my own heart, I get discontent. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, well, I I need to do this. I need to do that. And I have to step back and say, do I do I really need to go that direction? Do I really need to to, to try to be like these people? That internal battle that you're describing very well. Um, what we got to recognize is, well, I'll say this: history doesn't start with our birth. We get this idea that everything starts like you know. I was born in 1970, so that's when everything kind of mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. No, we're we're back thousands of years, and guess what? The same struggle, the same internal mm-hmm. struggle. You don't think for a second that Enosh wasn't looking over at Tupel Cain's house and yeah. thinking, "Man, you know, he's a metal worker, and you know, down the road is is another guy, and he's a rancher, and and that guy over there, you know, he's a he's an amazing artist, and look at me, yeah. all I have is." God. Look at the rims on his cart. You know, they're aluminum. (laughs) And God is enough. See, that's what we got to recognize. Enosh. Enosh? Did I say that right? Enoch. Enoch. Thank you. Yeah, I got it wrong. Well, well, you might not have. Yeah. (laughs) Enoch, he walked with God. Mm -hmm. So much so 
that God pulled him with him, yeah. you know, raptured him up. Somebody said this, I think it was Spurgeon that described him walking with God this way. I'm, this is a major paraphrase. Okay. But he, apparently he was explaining it to small children, what happened to Enoch. And he said, him and God were walking. And God said, hey, we're closer to my house. Let's just go there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which we, I mean, it's just an illustration. Right. When, when, when it says here that Enoch walked with God in verse number 22, that just means his life. The word walk is often means our life, mm-hmm. our, the, the, the direction of our life, it aligned with God. And so what we got to see here is that, th- that there have always been people who have chased after the world's success, man's progress, mm-hmm. but there's also always been a remnant of people who chased after the promise of God, mm-hmm. and that promise looks like taking that promise to other people, seeking out a line of people who will also follow after God. You know, it might be a good thing when you're faced with those kind of decisions or you're, maybe you're, those, those thoughts creep into your mind is to say, is this following a man's plan? Or is this following God's plan? Is this is this the purpose of of the world, world's purpose, or is this or is this help me in God's purpose? And I think I, I think that's a great point. It's something I think we should bring in for clarification here. What you've already referred to, and that is all right. Let, let's just take something here. Say education. Okay, you can you can seek an education for yourself or for your children in a way that aligns with Genesis chapter four. Okay, right. Or in a way that aligns with Genesis chapter five. Right. Genesis chapter 4 meaning man's progress. Genesis chapter 5 meaning God's promise. Mm-hmm. And the difference is, what is the ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is to be the most educated, the, the, the smartest, the most successful, that sounds an awful lot like Genesis chapter 4. If your ultimate goal is God's glory... So I'm going to be a good student. We're using this example. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a good student. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to better myself by my education to give me more opportunities to glorify God. That sounds like Genesis chapter five. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying metal workers are wrong. We're not saying musicians are right. wrong. We're not saying city builders are wrong. We're not saying ranchers are wrong. What's wrong is when that becomes ultimate. When that really pushes God out of the way, mm-hmm. supplants God. Mm-hmm. So as a, you know, just kind of recap it a little bit and you know as we come to a close you know the compare and contrast you know this genesis 4 is more earthly it's it's like just de- de- delving in the physical only it denies death which we really didn't hit that very very much but they didn't even talk about death you know it's about self promotion it's about what what's immediately good for me versus genesis 5 which is heavenly minded spiritual acceptance that we are temporal and embracing death but also knowing that we have eternality and we will live for eternity you know it but ultimately it's exalting god his plans and his purpose and having faith in that let me just close with this this is in revelation chapter 20 and here all of these people are referenced every single one of them now, some of these people are mentioned by name in the New Testament, but here they're all referenced. See if you can find it. This is Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. It says, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, 
great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. So every one of those people that we just mentioned, they If they're outside of Christ, if they're not forgiven because of the work of Jesus, they're the dead, Mm -hmm. great and small. If they put their trust in God, if they had faith in God, their name is in that book of life. All of humanity is represented by those two verses. Mm -hmm. According to what they had done. That's right. You know, but uh, if we put our trust in Christ and the finished work of, of, of our Savior on the cross... We can have that heavenly-minded mindset. It's tough. It's tough, but it's always worth it to go back to the Lord, go back to his plan and purpose. Good stuff to read in Genesis 4 and 5, and I compare and contrast of, of, uh, of these two genealogies. And actually is more exciting, you know? Than uh, sitting as a ten year old boy watching all those books and stuff, <laughs> waiting for ice cream. So, well, hey, thanks for thanks for listening and uh, tuning in and being a part of our lives as we try to do our best to be a part of your lives. Uh, if you missed anything in the in the podcast, you can check out the show notes at centerpointwv.org and just click on uh, the show notes section here of this particular podcast. And uh, we just want you to know that we're nothing fancy here at Centerpoint Bible Church, but we want to be real, just like Jesus is. 